What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of You Started Kits. Today, we have Emily Pfeiffer from the marketing team with us, and we're going to be talking about some good stuff. So, say hello, Emily. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, if you guys have seen or may have not seen, we have an Instagram account, we have a Facebook account, we're on Snapchat, we're on SoundCloud now, we're on Medium. So, all those stuff, it, Emily runs all those. Let me just don't forget our Twitter and our Twitter. I forgot. I forgot about Twitter. Twitter's dying. It's is it dying? Do you think Twitter's dying? I don't think Twitter's dying. I just feel like Instagram has more features and the accessibility is so much better. Like with Twitter, it's kind of annoying to have to open up all the images that you see. Yes. So it's just easier to go to Instagram Explorer and get feed uh, get a feed of things that you like to see. And once you click on one of those, you know, if you like dogs, it'll show you like 50 million dogs. That's the thing. That's why I think Instagram is dominating right now is because with that little, what is that, like the magnifying glass mm -hmm. icon on the bottom? You see so much content, so there's always content. Like if you're just bored on the train, you can just open that up, and you're just seeing like a bunch of dogs and cats. If you're into workout stuff, you're in, you see all that. Stuff. It's like I think that's why like that's that's dominating so much versus Facebook, which throws everything at you, and you don't want to see any of it. I feel like with Facebook, the thing is that they're trying to learn about you as you post and interact with the site, whereas Instagram sort of assembles these like straight up themes. And then you pick for yourself, and that is so much faster than Facebook having to be like, oh, well, she liked a, th uh, a post about dogs, so we should give her more ads about dogs, but then you might also like a post about cats, and they'll, that'll confuse the algorithm, sort of. So it might just gravitate more towards pets, but um, Instagram can really respond much faster to your like most immediate cravings of content. So like that one niche thing, so based on whatever you like, whatever you follow, it just jumps into there. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I think it's it's gonna dominate that field, and I think just Twitter is getting. I think what's killing Twitter is, and we'll jump into your intro and ask you no stuff. Problem. We kind of jumped in there. I think what's killing Twitter is all the politics behind with Twitter now, because Twitter is just a bunch of a bunch of rants and like it's just politics crap going on. So that's why I think it's like people kind of veer away from Twitter. What's your experience with it? I think Twitter is a sort of place where people go now when they're more frustrated because you tend to want to say like very uh either passive aggressive or very like hostile short remarks mm -hmm. and that's perfectly uh suited for the word count whereas for instagram it's like your perfect life it's like you know you put up all the best pictures that you right. have with all the the people that you love and all that and i mean facebook is the precursor to that but um the reason why i would mainly go to twitter is to find out news and as mm -hmm. it began to gravitate towards a news source a lot of people um, now just no matter what your your political feelings are sure. or even like your reflection on society is when you go there um, oftentimes you're going to either immediately agree or disagree with a statement mm -hmm. much like Facebook but sure. it can be a lot more immediate and um, I feel like with Twitter their communication is a lot more constant yep um, so I feel like people are sort of leaning away from that because I know that I personally just get bummed out by Twitter. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's the way I feel like. It's like you go in there, you see, like you're following like a handful of people, and then it's just you see some content, and then like if you go into that new stuff, if you go deep into that new stuff, you you end up into like these crazy people's tweets going like either far left or far right, and it's like I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to see this. I don't care. Yeah. It there's not much neutral to ground because yep. of the way that it's become stylized as like this 
virtual voice sort of mm -hmm. it's you are having virtual conversations right and like after a while it becomes a little bit like monotonous to like read the same things yeah. over and over again just with different uh you know sayings so i think that that's why instagram's doing you so can read better. the fuck trump tweet like 40 times after that's like ah buddy who cares and i mean all of these sites are creating like their own sort of echo chambers mm -hmm. to reflect your own personal opinions and beliefs back at you um so no matter where you go you're gonna have to sort of dig to disagree but i think that it's definitely a lot more um polarized because you pick who you follow and who follows you it's based off of what you're posting mm -hmm. so if you're like a far left or a far right guy they're you're going to follow those people you're not going to go for the other side because you're not looking for trouble per se you're yeah. hoping they see what you're posting but it doesn't really happen you're kind of talking to yourself at the end of the day yeah um and then and just when it comes to those that type of advertisement and marketing it's highly efficient but at the same time it's kind of creepy and that's why uh, i know i personally enjoy marketing it's what i want to do but sometimes i'll just like look up a pair of shoes on like google and, and then shows up for the rest it. of the yeah. day i'll just see like ads in the corner of that specific shoe and it'll freak me out every time that's but... kind of where the cs side becomes because they're data mining where you're going mm -hmm. from your cookies and exactly. stuff so they can see that's what like amazon is known for that they, they target you or google targets you based off of that so it's a little bit it's a little bit weird but their end goal is to find you the best product so they're not kind of doing it to creep you out they're doing it to like help you yeah. get to your end goal which they're not doing in the right way with those banner ads and stuff in my opinion that's just me yeah and like just to wrap up the whole thing is that you have to think about like what twitter is used for as opposed to instagram of course people are going to lean towards instagram because we're a very visual society mm -hmm. um and twitter isn't really enhanced for that yes i it, arguably it's not really that friendly wasn't more. there a time when it was like if you posted a picture it would just turn into a link and you'd have to click that link yeah, like before, and like, it I'm talking still like happens four years sometimes ago. when I try to put up, like, throw up our links, mm -hmm. it'll still sometimes show up as, like, you know, the mini, like, little safari icon, and then it'll yeah. just be, like, the name, which can be kind of frustrating, um, but you have to think about their purposes, and even though we sort of like to lump all social media together. Mm -hmm. They're all different. It's really very different. I agree. All right, so Emily, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what your majors, well, we know you're into marketing now after that whole conversation. Yeah. Uh, what got you to liking, what got you to decide to join your start? How did that all go? Um, so I am a freshman at NYU, um, and I'm in the business school, uh, Stern, and I'm planning to double concentrate in marketing global business. Um, and right now, I actually have the option for a second major in the College of Arts and Sciences that I'm still undecided about, um, and a minor, which I'm likely going to pursue as psychology. So that's four different degrees, pretty much. Uh, yes. I don't know why, but technically, concentrations are not no, majors yeah, in their yeah, own designation. Yeah. It's kind of like you've, your, your course path follows yeah. that. Kind of like for computer engineering was mm -hmm. you can concentrate in electrical engineering or, or in cs and you kind of decide yeah. which way to go i think it's uh, it's lucky though because if it were to count as two majors nyu or at least stern only lets you have three designations mm -hmm. so it would really limit us because most people end up just doing two business like makes concentrations sense. makes sense um so i like cats <laughs> okay i'm a gemini no i'm just kidding uh Basically, I got involved in Ustart because it was the summer before I was starting here. Mm -hmm. um, I 
was currently, I was working at an office for another university um, doing like their alumni recruitment and engagement and sort of trying to, uh, basically they had a huge problem where they didn't have an image problem, they just didn't have an image at all. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't have any social media platforms, they didn't know how to reach any of their uh, alumni after like 2000. Sure. And so basically all summer what was happening is me was and a few other interns were each handed an account and we were just sort of told like, screen it past our supervisor but for the most part we were given like free range and we were um you know posting about like the homecoming week that was coming up trying to get people to uh sign up for it we were trying to engage with alumni we were trying to get them to redirect to our uh, a linkedin group actually because they were having some issues with uh their current students uh being able to conduct like informational interviews and okay. ask questions to those who had already graduated so they want to get them to a landing page mm -hmm. okay. so basically i got to experience a lot of what it takes to redirect people to a certain source mm -hmm. and to sort of uh brand something and uh, especially advertise for events. Makes sense. That's kind of what lit up your resume for us when you applied, was we saw that you did that for that university, so it was very impressive for us because it was exactly what we wanted for us because we purposefully had no image on the internet because we wanted to keep ourselves closed off and secretive, and then we got to a certain point now that we were like, okay, I think it's time to start boosting this image and this presence, and then that's why we reached out, and that's how we found you, and we brought you on. And so I was just scrolling down the NYU 2021 page, um, because for anyone who's going into college from their senior year, they become you're gonna become obsessed with your college's page because you just want to like that's find other people yeah. and that's all you have to look forward to. Um, but then I saw that there was someone who uh, posted and it was a girl, I think. Dolly. Yeah, she's not here anymore. No, she left. Yeah, she but um, I managed to reach out to her and I was like hey um and in my mind i was like okay you're only like an incoming freshman and they're probably gonna want someone more experienced but you should at least go for it because if you don't then you're always gonna regret it and let's let's hold that thought for a second it's like that's what a lot of people think is they think that oh i'm a freshman or oh i'm in high school oh i don't have enough experience i shouldn't try we should always jump in yeah. there and just take a shot at it because you never know it might just work out yeah if you if you if you get caught up in the, oh, I haven't done it yet, then you're never going to actually do it. And thus you're always gonna like stick yourself in that infinite mm. loop of inefficiency. And so I figured why not at least try if they tell me they're looking for someone with more experience, right. then that's cool. But at least I have a starting point and I'm learning how to put myself out there, which mm. is really important when you go to a big school or you're going to a city, you have to really be, make sure that you're pretty bold and assertive. Right. Um, and I was really happy that you guys liked me and um, it's been really amazing thus far because, uh, you know, being as young as I am and I know I haven't really gotten the chance to take like specialized like educational courses mm -hmm. to reinforce my skills it's been a great learning curve to sort of be able to I wouldn't say play around but mm -hmm. experiment with sure. the different platforms and um, you know really get ahead of the game when it comes to recognizing in real time what we want our consumers to see right. or how to sort of prepare for these things because oftentimes um, people don't really get this experience with startups like being in there in the beginning a lot of times like you know my classmates are going to go to companies that are well established right. 
Um, and once that happens, it's pretty easy for them because someone can just look at you and be like, okay, here's, here's our official fonts, here are our official colors, make sure you stay within these guidelines. But what do you do when there are no guidelines? You're the one who has to make them. You set the guidelines. Um, and so it's just been pretty uh, mind-blowing how much work I've been able to get done. Um, and I know that we haven't lost yet, so there's so much more to come. Right, yeah. Um, but it's been really nice to plan and to at least have a plan is, uh, is probably where everyone should start because it's really easy to be like, oh, I'm just going to wake up and start branding and start marketing and just making these like fun little cute colorful posts. And then like when you sit down, like you can sit down for like hours at a time and be like, I have no idea where, where I want this visual element like what's, to go. What's next? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, like, what's one thing that you see that we're doing wrong that we should be doing differently? I think that one thing that I liked about uh, Ustar is that we're definitely useful and we speak very well to the target audience that we're trying to get into. It's not, uh, we're not an idea that takes a lot of convincing. I think um, among the older population, or maybe administration, it does take a little bit of convincing because they want us like believe that they've been doing so well mm -hmm. um, at this particular aspect of student life. But we're not here to sort of um, eradicate that. We're sort of there to support it. And once they come to that realization and how beneficial it can be, right. um, you know, every student that you guys have talked to, and I know that like every indication and the market survey that we mm -hmm. uh, market research that we've done. Yep has been students saying, wow, if there was something like this, then I would be, I would have to worry a lot less and it would be a lot smoother to sort of get where I want to go. Yep. Um, and that in mind, I feel like one thing that we can do um, better, and probably this is also on like my side, is probably more like consistency. Mm -hmm. I know that it's been kind of like stop and go because we're like not sure when exactly we're going to get to a point where right. we can start um, heading into like the pre-launch phase but now that we have a more def definite timeline yeah. um, you guys should be seeing more consistent and more informational um, and more encouraging posts right. because uh, another aspect that we sort of brought into this is the idea that not only are we just advertising our site we're also advertising like a sort of a lifestyle like right. You know, if you're someone who likes to create things, then here are the tools and lessons that we've learned that will help you. Yeah, that's kind of the point of the pod was just to kind of get the idea out there. It's like one thing they'll learn from your experience right now is, so what if I'm a freshman going and I could still try to reach out and do these things? That's the whole point of you start was it doesn't matter where you are or where on the spectrum of age you fall or experience. There's always going to be somewhere that needs your expertise and your specific skill set to get these things going pretty much. And it's definitely, um, it's definitely a skill or a push that a lot of students need specifically because we're used to being like, oh, I have my resume and maybe they'll like me or I know that I haven't done this, so I'll just talk up something else instead. And they're trying to like play around with these concepts that you have to have like so much experience before you actually start an entry-level position right. um, in in the fields that you know we all want to go into today right. um, and if you look on LinkedIn it's like you know entry-level position eight plus years of experience it's, it's yeah, ridiculous that's, 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 um, ridiculous. that's an exaggeration but it is ridiculous what they do expect from us and um, a lot of times kids don't get to play around with what they're learning or they don't get to um, build upon the foundations of what they learn in class. Oftentimes it's just, this is what you're going to do in class. You're going to do a group project and that's it. And now 
you know what it is and you should go out into the world and apply it well you know you still have three years between now and graduation right. how are you going to be able to like keep up with that and a, a big part of that is personalizing um, you know the passions that you have and trying to collaborate with others in order to get that out into the world sure. and I mean it'll it'll be good for you in the long run because I know people say startups are risky and there's this weird notion that like if you work for one and you know it's it's a risk and it might not always work out but at the same time you can at least do as much as you can um and at the end of the day you'll be able to put that on your resume and that's still good experience like no experience is bad experience right exactly because that's that's kind of the notion of when this whole thing started was Mm -hmm. we also that hey this thing by statistics size it stats are against us right this will probably fail but we'll learn stuff that we can apply to what's next in the journey path, right? So let's say you start crashing and burns, you still have a ton of experience under your belt now as how to operate, you can see what you can do differently, play around with it on the market side. I, from my managerial point, have learned how to adapt and work better with the team. So you still, it's still a learning experience. And there's like, when you work in a startup environment, it's gonna be very different than a marketing in the real world. Because how it would work for you is if, had you gone and worked at a more established company, okay, this is our formula, abide by this formula create these contents and put them out here here and here whereas here i've given you like full creative control i'm like do this create this here's a couple of ideas what do you think it's like giving you the control panel and that's not to say that we expect to fail it's to say that at the end of the day when we come out of this um be it success or god forbid uh failure there's gonna be something out there that helps increase the chance of a startup's um, success success, and it'll actually probably start to sway those stats a little bit right. um, because when you do go into the workplace I know I've heard from tons of professors and te- like high school teachers that one thing that employers are looking for is people who have initiative mm-hmm. and if you're just being given a formula and being told this is how we've always done it and you're you're very familiar being familiar with the company isn't bad yep. but if you're walking in and you're expecting your manager to tell you everything that it's has to go work. into a campaign or an ad or like any sort of content creation, then you're going to be in for a little bit of a rough ride yep. because these are the people who had to come up with the guidelines. So they're expecting you to take it and run with it yep. just like they did with nothing and being able to do that and okay, be like, okay, you guys already have the guidelines, that great. How can I make this even better instead yep. of just following the rules? And still within staying within the rules, but right. you're you're able to do more with it because you know that you can, um, you know, enhance what's already there. Yes, I agree. Because like one thing is at work, you're or with, with startups now here at Ten, they've kind of been poisoned by this thing where it's like you have to follow the lean startup model, be, just because it's worked statistically for a lot of companies and teams. But like for us, we couldn't have followed the lean startup model when we started because we didn't want to get the idea out there. The lean startup model, you have to go out, you have to interview people, you have to make sure the idea works in the market, and then you start building. Whereas us, we kind of didn't have a choice of being able to not build versus build because it was also our senior design project. So we were like, yeah, we have to get this thing built mm-hmm. to a certain extent, which is where the alpha was, which we re-scrapped later on. But when it came time to do the lean process model, we did it. That's why you created that that awesome survey. We went out there, we had like 150 plus people reply. Actually, it got further up to like about 200 so it's at least a nice representation um it might not sound like a lot of people but at the same time when you're thinking about how many different 
people from different schools in NYU that we got to reply to this. Yep. Um, it is a pretty good snapshot of you know what people across all areas are thinking yeah. and it was extremely favorable so i'm happy about that me too that's i appreciate the work you've done for it yeah it's with what we're doing here with you stars it's kind of what i've told emily before is it's the main thing with any of these startups is if you don't have a good marketing team you're not gonna be able to get the idea out there and it, what's the point of building something if you can't get the idea out there that's why i've, I've had her going so you were talking to me about earlier today from continuing the conversation where you're like mm -hmm. these target universities you want to hit why you want to hit them if you want to elaborate a little yeah. bit about on that so they get an idea of what the marketing side is going on like in real time yeah basically one thing that i hope that going forward we really focus on is that i know we're doing these these podcasts and they're sort of secondary projects but I know that our focus has to remain firmly on steamrolling ahead and getting everything together as fast as possible because right. it is a very dynamic, uh, you know, trying to predict and get ahead of students is kind of hard to do. And so the quicker that we can get this out, it's a lot better, especially because it's more relevant for us. Me being a freshman, I know more about how freshmen are feeling as we move into our sophomore year. Right. It's gonna become even more important for people to start getting those experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're within the, the target market, it's a lot easier to sort of diffuse the message across friends and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and going forward, we're basically highlighting a couple of universities from across the country that we've identified as having um, a very big undergraduate and graduate popula uh, population and basically what that indicates to us is that there's a lot of students and unlike a very small school, it's kind of hard to get in touch with others, right. um, which works for our platform. Yep. Um, in addition to that, we're looking at places that have you know high graduation rates and retention rates. We want people who are going to follow through because that's what that in indicates is that you go somewhere and you stick to it right. um, because you know it's not enough to begin something, you have to be willing to see it through and finish it to the end. Right. Um, and another thing that we're hoping to do is sort of get in touch with the administration at these universities and be like, hey, we have this product, we're offering it to you, um, and it would become accessible to your students through their specific email, right. um, which gives them some, you know, inclusivity to something that they feel is pretty important to be in um, because if it's a small circle right. as we grow it'll not no sure. longer be a small circle sure. but if you manage to get a small circle of dedicated universities that are known very well and highly regarded then more um, more universities are going to get intrigued by this and that just snowballs into it uh, peaks the other the, mm -hmm. what's going on it snowballs doing, yeah. into a nationwide uh, saturation right. of users and um, Basically what we're doing is now we're just in the planning phase. So me as the marketing team have a sort of backseat where um, I get to sort of passively see the development that's being done, mm -hmm. but I get to learn more about how it works and the right. features so that when it comes time to, you know, reaching out to universities and when it comes time to actually engaging with students more directly, mm -hmm. I know a lot more about the features that can be, uh, you know, useful to them. Sure. And it makes the marketing a whole lot easier when you have a product that's sells itself right. because all you really have to do is make sure that people know about it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty much what we're in right now. Um, as long as we sort of conform to brand uniformity um, and we stay consistent, 
and we have a pretty good launch plan, I think that this is going to be a pretty awesome ride. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because the way that we've spoken about it on the pod before, and I've told you, the way the main reason NYU Maine isn't very jumping off up and down about this idea is because they tried something like this, but they failed because they weren't able to keep the students coming back. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're, that new features that we have on the site. Daily keeps, active users. Yeah. The daily active users were like, not, they're like, people would post an idea, forget about it, no one would come back to it. But this is, we've integrated a social media aspect mm-hmm. to it. Uh, uh, there's a resume aspect to it where the student can display all their skills in one shot. So I think that's very attractive to a user because the user is going to be like, hey, um, even if I don't have a project on the site, I can do, use these other features to help boost myself. So I can email my resume this way to a, mm-hmm. to a job site. I'll be like, oh, this is awesome. Because one thing that I've been reading about a lot is one thing that some people are doing when they're applying for jobs, instead of sending a written resume, they're sending video resumes. So they're actually sitting down and talking into a camera, answering a couple of questions, like telling them, because like one of the first questions they ask you at, a, at an interview is, tell me about yourself. So they're doing all this ahead of time. So it gives the person who's interviewing you, the HR team or the manager, a snapshot of who you are and they kind of become emotionally involved in you to a certain degree. And they're like, okay, this makes more sense. But this gives you what we're doing also does that in a different way. So it's kind of a new unique way for the student to stick around. Yeah, definitely. uh, I say the word definitely a lot. I just noticed that. Yes. A lot of what we're doing is curating to the students' interests so that they become very invested in the site because it is almost like building another new profile Mm -hmm. and a persona on here. Um, You're putting a reflection of yourself in a pre-professional way. And um, that's extremely important to especially kids now because we take it very seriously when it comes to, you know, preparing for our futures because, right. you know, all our lives growing up, I know at least I've, I've heard, you know, it's a tough job market out there. You have to be ready. You have to yep. be more than ready. You have to be ready, ready, ready. Yep. Um, and so when we see these students trying to tread water in between their classes and their first job, it's kind of sad because you know that they could be doing so much more with that. And it kind of also sticks people in a box where, you know, you see the steps to where you want to get on the corporate ladder and you just sort of have to wait and sit contently and do exactly as you're told. And, you know, we're really trying to uh, improve the accessibility to creative sort of Mm -hmm. ventures that students do not get right now. Um, And it's self-improvement as well when it comes to portfolios. so that's what I feel like we do exceptionally well. Like, I think you said, like, working for a startup is risky, but when you're in college, it's an internship. doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you are, so you can jump on one of these projects and work with them. So, like, so like, let's say you have a friend who's also into marketing. He or she could be working with another team, doing the same things, learning, and then at the end of the day, you guys end up back in the same dorm room. You're talking to you both learn from each other, and you kind of mm-hmm. grow because there's no risk to it when you're a student versus when you're trying to plan out a 30-year career because in college, you're like, it doesn't matter if the startup fails or not. I still have something to add to my resume, even in the real world, right? It's just kind of a, a great, in my opinion, a great learning experience, especially for people in the marketing side, the arts, the musics. All those guys get mm-hmm. a chance to enter these different fields that they thought they never would be able to pierce. And I think what's kind of weird is that now we've gotten into this pessimistic sort of view of you know, personal ventures. Uh, there's like Facebook groups out there 
that you know ridicule the idea of just starting a business right away right there's the proliferation of cryptocurrency because it's been abused that's mm -hmm. what it is startups exactly. have been abused because people start a startup they go to these vcs they raise money and then they waste the money so then the vcs have become the vcs have become scorned don't want to invest in companies until they're into later stages just so that they're not losing their money because it became this fashion play back when you're in high school everyone yeah. wants to be in a band or a rapper or something so they can look cool exactly but now it's become hey i, I want to have a startup to look cool do this this and this yeah. and we i've seen startups that start like that and they fail because they're just raising money to raise money and say that they're a startup and a ceo I mean, and all that if, it doesn't work if you can last for more than a year then you're really in it for the long haul like most startups uh startups like they fade out within a few months yeah. just because they either can't find the team or they can't find the revenue or they just don't have an idea that they've developed to the point where it's marketable and, and that's, that's really what kills them yeah. but the idea that now if you say you work for a startup and people are like oh that's funny it's it's not though because there is a lot of work that goes into it like we message at one o'clock in the morning yep. two o'clock in the morning yep. three o'clock in the morning in the group chat like oh i got a full class late now i'm gonna start on this yeah. i'll get this to you by tomorrow it's a constant never-ending flow of like okay there's, I no, have, there's no clock in, clock yeah because I, I know i work here i have another on-campus job last uh, semester i was working like closer to 20 hours a week mm -hmm. in addition to like full-time school sure, sure. which is a lot for a freshman right um and then now i'm also looking for, for now i guess a third job for on campus okay. <laughs> in addition to sort of this job and sure, another sure. job so you know if you're someone who likes to keep busy this is the perfect opportunity because you know i'm not i'm not overloading myself or overworking myself because there is you know a little bit of understanding between us all that we are in school but yeah. at the same time you know it gives you that motivation at the end of the day when you go to like your regular job which can oftentimes be kind of boring really yeah. and then you get to come here and you get to you know really uh explore more of what you're actually interested in right um, it leaves me going back feeling really excited and refreshed for the week every time And I think that that's something that a lot of more students need to get into right plus you're part of a bigger team So at the end of the day is like we have things like the meme chat where we just kind of like joke around sometimes mm -hmm. everyone has fun in it. It's like whereas like I work at the DOT now that doesn't happen like the extent of like it's like a joke here and there You don't you don't feel like you're part of an overarching team You feel like you're part of an institution thing which gets boring because like working at like a real job you can't there's no real fun to it here like if we hit a wall we find it hilarious that we've hit a wall and we need to overcome it and we stuff gets going around everyone jokes around then we eventually overcome it whereas in the real world when you hit a wall it's like holy crap this is thousands and thousands of dollars i will lose whereas here it's like all right it's a couple of hours we lose but then we eventually figure it out mm -hmm. so i feel like it's, it's nice to be part of this family that's how we are here at least at USART. how yeah. i think it is. it's, it's like, definitely really nice um I know that we've just grown quite a bit. We just doubled, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's that's another good indication because when you see team growth, that means that you know we're not only adding new members, but we're keeping new members. Um, I'm a pretty logical person. If I had walked in and thought this wasn't going anywhere, sure. I would have probably been pretty honest and been like, well, I think I'm gonna focus on other things, but I came in and I saw something worth real value. Sure. And that's why I stuck around because I'm not someone who puts up with bullshit. I would have dropped the startup months ago had I seen it going on, but I see like the dedication the team has, everyone's putting their time and their work into it. And it makes We're sense getting somewhere. Yeah. And once we do get over the final developmental issues, then it's 
not smooth sailing because nothing is ever smooth sailing. No, it's easier. But it's a lot better because we can actually bring a prototype to market. Right. And um, I'm really super excited. You can't even see me, but I'm super yeah, excited I get to that, start yeah. to get, um, you know, to start to get into contact with these different places and these different people yeah. because I that's know that it will starts, go yeah. somewhere. I know it will. And yeah. um, that's, that's where a lot of the the motivation and the endurance to keep coming back every week stems from right uh, and that's what the experience is that we want to provide for other people yeah. the reason like development is so kind of slow quote unquote is because we're playing in new languages coding languages that we've never like none of us are taught golang or elastic search here so it's, it's difficult for the development team because they're going like 110 miles per hour mm -hmm. and we're going this way it feels like slow development but the thing is like when we figure out one thing Every time we do one thing, it's always for the... So if we figure out something on profile, we double it for a project. So it's kind of like if this one part is finished, this other part is finished as well, and the snowball gets going. So it's kind of like it's diff it's it feels slower versus like maybe somewhere else. It's just because we're playing in a five in a ball game that's happening five years from now. So like, like actual people that are making websites now are still using PHP, using like, let's say, Python Flask. They're using their so SQL engines in the back. So it's like very slow but this is playing in a game that facebook is now beginning to enter in so that's why i feel like it's a little slow but i feel like the time that we're putting in now it's going to be worth it like in 10 years from now it'll be far more efficient and going back to what you said about administration um my job basically as someone who's marketing and doing business development is to understand why people will be hesitant and it does make sense um, but at the same time, you know, all of these universities have educational missions to enrich and promote a higher quality of work and of, uh, I'm searching for the word. I don't want to say creativity again, but ingenuity is probably a right. better word. And they, Getting their students to kind of work together. they herald that so right. much. And now that we have a product that can do that, it's kind of hard for them to, uh, like, drop the reins a little bit right. and let the students figure it out for themselves. Right. Here at Tandon, they get that though. Like mm -hmm. here, like the professors that we've talked to here, the admin that we've talked to here, understand it, they appreciate it, they get it. But the unfortunate thing is now is we're under a bigger umbrella, which is NYU, which has the resources that we need, which I think we can unlock when they finally see the final product. Exactly. Um, a lot of people like to see finished products and I feel like that's what sort of makes it a little bit harder for us now that we're in the phase that we're in right. but again in a couple of months hopefully yeah. um that will be a non-issue and yeah. we can really start to get going full steam ahead um i understand the administration but i do caution that when we're going forward with this i haven't made our plan dependent on any one university yeah. Yeah. so it's really a product that can be applied to anywhere that wants us. It speaks for and itself. And we're yeah. pretty receptive yeah. to everyone. That's the mistake we made in the beginning. We were all like, at first, this was my mistake. Was, I made two mistakes in the beginning. One was I thought we needed funding, which I realized that, no, we don't need funding because people are gracious. They're willing to give their time in return for experience. The second mistake I made was I thought we needed NYU. And now I've come to the realization is they need us more than we need them. So we kind of have an ace card up our sleeve and I don't really need them. I just need to get out there to their students because the students understand it. We ran the surveys. We know that they understand it and they need it. It's just a matter of when can we get it to them? And then they'll realize, oh, we should have jumped on this wagon a long time ago. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm not one to criticize the university. I feel like they've done what they can in a lot of schools, especially NYU, uh, appreciate having uh, their own personal yeah. control over these sort of projects. Because Which is smart then, because they don't want to get screwed exactly. in the Exactly. And, and the thing is, is that they also like having it accessible to only their students. Right. Um, and well, The thing is, when we went out to them, we never asked for money or we just wanted some guidance, which we realized, oh crap, we've already had the guidance through the professors here. So that's why we kind of said, all right, we'll just wait till this thing finishes and then we'll... Because all we really need from them is the kind of the permission to reach out to their students, which we really don't need. We don't really don't need their permission, do we? No, it would be helpful if the colleges that we go towards, um, you know, our initial step would be, can we make this accessible to students with purely your, like, you know, we have at Mm nyu.edu, so no matter where you go, like, I don't know, is it at whatever the other universities are. It's a UMass.edu or something. Yeah, exactly. We want to make it that the administration knows and if they feel like they want to get involved with that and they want to um, sponsor in any way that they feel is comfortable, then that would be lovely. And you know what? Since they're always saying, like all these colleges are constantly trying to say, like, you know, we have all these things that help your students get Mm -hmm. ready. We're sort of coming to them instead of them having to come to us. So I think that in the future... We are in for a lot of communication with a lot of different uh, places. And the great thing about us is that when we come up to them, we're not saying like, hey, here's a service. Now you have to pay us like a bunch of money. We're saying we're self-sustaining. We just really want to have, you know. Your support and backing. Have your symbolic blessing in order to get onto your campuses because it's a lot easier to sort of connect with these students if they know that it's something, you know, it's not like a shady service. by higher, yeah. Yeah. higher administration. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Thanks for being on today, Emily. No it was problem. fun. Is there any way you, anywhere you want them to follow you on Twitter, Instagram, wherever? Um, I have an Instagram and a Twitter and a Tumblr and basically everywhere. <laughs> everywhere okay. I have something. Uh, but I guess for me, uh, if you want to follow me somewhere that I'm going to be talking about marketing um and mostly about marketing and how what it's like to work in a startup i actually have a separate account on (laughs) instagram that i just started and it's called the honeyco and it's the h-o-n-i underscore c-o and so it's kind of fun and i have an entire blog about it too (laughs) interesting okay awesome we'll have the links in the description for you guys you guys can follow me ryan rosbiani on everywhere and you can follow you start everywhere at you start today except instagram because that guy took our instagram this is you start dot today there so guys thanks again for listening have a great day or night i have no idea when you're listening to this bye bye